So praise God for that. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We need to get serious with Scripture this morning. The title of the message, God Gave His Word. And I mean that. Now you just stop and consider what's being said here. When God gave us His Word, He gave us his word. He meant everything that he said. I love what uh, Dr. Jim Berg says here. Anything that God has stated as a certainty, we can trust as a promise that he will order his universe according to that statement. Now you think about that been looking at pictures that have been taken uh, recently in the universe. It's absolutely stunning. Even with the Hubble telescope, I was re- and, and I posted this on, on Facebook, they took, a, they took a, a, a piece of the sky, if you will, that is one-tenth of what we see when we look at the moon, if you look over to the side, you're looking beyond it, and it's just a little square, and you look, and there's nothing, nothing. But then they took the Hubble scope, and they focused it on that place for four months. Can you imagine taking a picture with a four-month exposure. Four months. And then they brought that picture in. It was absolutely amazing. They said, everything that you see, you're looking at, going deep space there, it's not a star. It's a galaxy. And there were thousands of them. Uh, Brad, we've got somebody at the door back here. Thousands of them. And and it's just like, that's that's just a little spot. You stop and consider what's around us. We're talking about trillions and trillions of stars. It's amazing. That God said, listen, I created this, but let me tell you something. That's nothing compared to what I gave you in my word. I love that. We're going to start reading in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Very poignant for the time that we live in right now, but that's not going to be our focus. Our focus is at the end of the chapter. But let's begin reading verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. (laughs) And all God's people said, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, 
but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jannies and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, with what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Now let me make mention of something real quick with that verse. We have looked at it and at times have gone, well, (laughs) I'm not really into that. I want you to be here tonight and hear Paul. I want you to hear Paul in verses 4 through 10 of 2 Corinthians 6. It is holy ground. And you can see why he rejoices. Listen, hey, all those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but praise God, he is more than enough. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now let's start listening here, especially. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, mature, complete, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, I don't know about you. I'm going to make something, I'm going to make a statement, and there might be some here that are a little tired of me saying it, but it really, it is the truth. Two or three years ago, I I said something and I put it on Facebook, and I've put it a couple of times since then. Pray for your pastor. The messages that he preaches for the foreseeable future, weigh heavy on his heart. Folks, I never saw me doing what I'm doing. I mean that. I I didn't expect to be pastoring, but here I've been 31 years. I'm not worthy of it. 
I don't, you know, I, I have no special talent except anything that God gave me. But it's a, you walk up and it's like, oh, dear God, please help. And I'm telling you, in these last couple of years, I have never felt more of a need, a desire, and understanding the importance of breaking this book open and preaching it and saying, thus saith the Lord. You are not worthy. I remember reading a story this last week of D.L. Moody. He was trying to preach, and there was a word that he was having a hard time pronouncing. He tried it three times. And on the third time, he felt like he failed, and he closed his Bible, and he put his head down on the pulpit in front of all those people, and he said, Dear God, please help me preach the gospel to these people. They said he brought brought his head back up. And they couldn't believe the power that came out of his voice. Now, you know, I, there, there's places I've been around, dear God, please. I just know this, God chooses when he will move. We get up, we open the word, there it is, but I'm telling you there has never been a time that has been more important in the United States, including during the rebellion, the revolution, and this time when the wickedness is so stacked up all around us, God's people need to be listening to God. And this is his word. And therefore, like I said, God gave his word. And when God gave us his word, he gave us his word. He keeps it. And we need to know that. Why? Because all they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We need to understand and practice the promises of God. Well, I'm going to hide. There ain't no hiding. There ain't no hiding. Well, I just, you know, I'm going to be a silent Christian. No, you're going to be a disobedient Christian is what you're going to be. That's what that is. There are those that brag about themselves. (laughs) That's silly. When the Bible speaks about itself, it is telling the truth. It is given, like we will be looking at, It is given with the inspiration of God. Therefore, flesh and blood stands before you and opens the book, but as the words go out, they are the words that God spoke to Paul. And we need to listen. Ephesians 6.17, Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, He says, and take the helmet of salvation, but also, hey, the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In writing to his own brethren there in Hebrews, Paul wrote, for the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, this is why there are people that they, they don't want the Bible. Because the Bible convicts. So, you know, I remember reading an article, things that you can preach in your church without using the Bible. There we go. Oh, my soul, Lord help. Now, we've already looked at this. It's already been mentioned. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But the next verse, verse 9, says this, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Now, you don't go to Satan and with all your, you know, your integrity and everything go. That doesn't do it trying to fight the wicked one. We do it steadfast in the faith. Where do we find the faith? There we go. That's where we find it. In order to resist steadfast in the faith, we need to know the faith. So that's where doctrine, teaching comes in. Look back at verse 14, would you please? Paul says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Look at that. Paul is encouraging Timothy. He says, listen, be steadfast. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. The learning that Timothy had acquired. It's not going to do him any good unless he practices it. Therefore, we open God's word. We preach God's word. We speak of God's word. We make it, we, we, we absorb it into us, but then we go out and we practice it. Not only in steadfastness, but also in substance. Look again. The things which thou hast learned. Paul taught Timothy many things. He taught him about Christ, about the gospel, eschatology. God himself taught him about false teachers and matters that really the world doesn't think are that important. Paul taught Timothy. If the Bible speaks of it, it's important. The world may blow it off. Doesn't matter. So in steadfastness, in substance, but then also in sureness. He says, hey, those things that you, that has been assured of, this is what God wants. Take it, learn it. Listen, if you have a lack of certainty, that can be painful. <laughs> that can be disconcerting. If you have a lack, for instance, of certainty when it comes to your salvation, that can be eternally painful. But what does the Bible say? These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that ye may know, K-N-O-W, that's a Greek term. It means you can really get it up here and you can understand it and you can settle on it and you know it. It's there. So when it comes to knowing, hey, 
it's there, the assuredness. In fact, Paul says, you know, Timothy, you had a good start. Look at verse 15. And that from a child, that Greek word child there means an infant. It's a little kid. It emphasizes the fact that, hey, it doesn't matter how small they are. They can learn truth. Children can learn truth. That's why King's Kids is so important. Daily devotions with children. Sunday school. That's why it's important. That thou hast, thou hast known, go back to verse 15 if you would please, the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So, Paul goes on. We've got four places to cover. Number one, inspiration, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, inspiration, excuse me, all means every word, every passage. In other words, you take this passage from the Old Testament over here, and this passage from the Old Testament over here, puts it together. This is as inspired as this. Now, when we're reading our Bibles and we're going through the genealogies, that can get, that can get to be real interesting. But the point is, God believed it was important enough. Where, just stop and think, where is it where the genealogy really matters? Christ and his lineage. Think about it. Think about it. Each passage is come together as a unit. Now, here's what winds up happening. Well, you know, Paul said that, but he was only talking about the Old Testament. Um, there's another Greek term. Wrong-o. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 9. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his who? Spirit. Yeah, the same spirit. The same one. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yea, he himself is, not, is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit has inspired the New Testament as well. Paul, James, Peter, you go on. They spoke. These were holy men of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's the inspiration. 
but also the influence. Please go back, if you would please, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That's inspiration. Look at the influence now. And is profitable for, number one, doctrine. and Teaching. The material that we have, the writings here, is the teaching. We're going to be looking more at doctrine in the weeks to follow. But it is important. What does the Bible say? Listen, when it comes to what is right or wrong or worth your time, the Bible will tell you. It will tell you. It is teaching straight from the throne of heaven. If God wants you to know something, it's found in this book. Now now listen, there are other things that are fun to know. There's things that are good to know. I know that because I married an English teacher. And there are things that I have found out that I didn't know when it came to spelling, punctuation, how to use a word, all that good stuff. Then if you try to teach Spanish, (laughs) no comprende. The Spanish teacher speaks up. There are fun things to know. I personally still like knowing how fast certain cars are. And I think it's great that there are some of us in this building that have left the millennials behind because they have no idea how to do two things. Number one, write in cursive. Number two, use a manual transmission. It's the truth. If you want to make sure you have a car that cannot get stolen, you get a manual transmission in it. There's only one problem. I bought my pickup, and it's got an automatic. Oh, well. No, listen, the the, the point is this. When it comes to the things that are important for eternity, you'll find it in this book. You'll find it here. There have been, you probably heard this from many people before, when you th- or you've read it. Uh, when you think about the Word of God and how it was written over 1,500 years, 40 different authors, kings, military leaders, peasants, philosophers, etc., written on three continents, Asia, Africa, Europe, three different languages, Hebrew, Greek, and a little bit of Aramaic, with all the different styles, the poetry and the prose, it addresses so many things, and it does it without contradicting itself. There is no problem in understanding that salvation is by faith alone, through Christ alone, if you will understand that the Bible interprets itself. If you take a text out of the context, you've got a pretext, and that's no text. You've got yourself something that you cheated with. The Bible interprets itself. The Bible gives us, speaking of, when it comes to Christ and his lineage and the prophecy behind him. Again, you've probably read this so many times. The Bible predicted, born in Bethlehem, 
He had a forerunner. He would enter Jerusalem on a colt, betrayed by a friend. His feet would be pierced. He would be wounded by his enemies. He'd be betrayed by 30 pieces of silver. It goes on and on and on. But we were warned again in 2 Timothy 4. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Therein is the challenge. People don't want the Bible, but people need the Bible. Instead, they want their own lust. They want, they have itching ears, the Bible says. They'll turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. This is what is, this is what is important here. The Bible tells us how to do everything. Brother, uh, from tech, Marshall, Texas. Where, where in Marshall, Texas is that? Oh, okay. All right. Praise God. You know, I just preached not too long ago on the situation with what people are trying to push so much when it comes to the quote-unquote racial issue. We're all one race, number one. But also, the thing that we found is interesting is this. All you need to do is read the Bible. The Bible tells us how to treat each other. My soul, what's the problem? We need the book, folks. We need to get serious with the book. There are so-called theologians. They love higher criticism. They'll take the Bible and treat it like any other book. And they'll tell you, now this is what, this is what God was really trying to say. <laughs> Wrong? No. The Bible is there for doctrine. But it's also, and this is where the fur begins to fly, it's there for reproof. That's why they they have itching ears. Reproof, conviction, to rebuke another with such force, with wielding of the truth. They have to see it. Oh, they don't have to. They can lie about it. They can ignore it. I like the illustration here. Sometimes we don't treat it like we ought to, and we wind up wanting other people to see it, and we don't bring it to ourselves. Remember in Isaiah? Isaiah 1 through 5. Here's Isaiah. Woe is you! Woe is you! Woe is you! Then you get to chapter 6, and it's woe is me. See, therein is what we need to do. The Bible convicts. The Bible will not lie to you about your condition. The Bible will not lie to you when it comes to what you need to do. And remember, it's the Word of God. We are here in a spiritual warfare. Satan is that roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And I'm looking at the nation now, I'm looking at the world, and it's like, oh my, I can't believe what is being, excuse me, what is being believed by people. Folks, there's somebody back there that's preparing for a man known as the Antichrist. How soon it's going to happen, I don't know. When is he going to come? I have no idea. 
But I'm telling you, they're setting it up for him. They're setting it up for him. And we need to be mindful of what really matters. What QAnon says doesn't matter. What God says does. All right? What different political parties say doesn't matter as much as what God's word says. We need to get serious about that. There's also correction. That's the restoration to an upright or a right state, an improvement. You have gone from doing wrong because you've been convicted and now you're seeking to go right. And then the instruction in righteousness, that's to keep there. That word, according to Thayer, means this. The whole training and education of children which relates to the cultivation of minds and morals. It's the word that was used when you talk about rearing children, teaching them what matters, going through all the subjects. The Bible takes us through all the subjects. There is a, there's a story, again, I, I'm using a couple of illustrations, again, because it, it, it does so well. There is a movie, a book that was written and then made into a movie from many years ago called Mutiny on the Bounty. I've never seen the movie, but I understand it shows so much of the debauchery of these men on this ship and how, you know, they, they, there was the mutiny by, against Captain Bly, et cetera, et cetera, and that there were nine mutineers with Tahitian women who accompanied them, who found this little island called, I believe it's pronounced Pitcairn. The thing is so small, two miles long and a mile wide. They got on that island, and for years, again, it was debauchery. Ten years later, the drinking and the fighting had left only one man alive, and his name was John Adams. 11 women and 23 children made up the rest of the island's population. That's where, apparently, that movie stops. But this is where it really gets going. Because John Adams was going through one of the trunks from the bounty, and at the bottom of the trunk, he found a Bible. And he began to study it. And he began to absorb it. And he trusted Christ as his Savior. And he began to teach the women and the children about Jesus and why they needed him. I don't know the situation today, but some time ago, and I don't know how long ago, but some time ago, they said, you could go to that same island there were about 100 people, maybe a little bit over, but almost every one of them had trusted Christ as Savior. That's really something. That's the power of God's Word. So we've looked at inspiration. There's influence, those four areas, but now there's intent. Look at verse 17. 
that the man of God may be perfect. A completion, a maturing. The the Bible winds up becoming the guide for life. Not just simple fleshly intuition or somebody else's opinion. The man of God might be perfect, fitted. This person is fitted. They, they, They have an aptitude now. They are living by the motions of the word as given by the Holy Spirit, seeking to do the glory or seeking for the glory of God. Truly furnished, literally fitted out to complete finish. Truly furnished unto all good works. That is the reason behind the book that you have in your lap. Now, we we need to stop right here and think about that. What is it that God's Word can do for this nation today? Now, we know, we would think about that and we think, my soul, that's obvious. But are we making it obvious with our lives to them? I love, you know, I've told you before, I like getting into some Greek words. I'm not a Greek scholar. I know where the brains are. Some of these things, though, are just kind of interesting to find out. The word logos stands for the whole of the word of God. But there is also another word, rima, which means a specific word. This is what I'd like for us to get just to nail down a little bit. We need to know this. How many of you have a sin that sometimes just kind of gets to you? My hand is up. All right. When I went to see Brother Jim Benny many years ago, he said, this is what you do. You find, if you believe a lie or you have a problem, you find the scripture that God has given in his word that is your promise that he will help you, free you from that sin, and help you in that battle. That's what Jesus did in Matthew 4. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What you need to do is you need to find out where in God's word is that verse that helps you with what you're struggling with. You need to find that. I found it that it was absolutely a a necessity. I mean to be able to survive. You need to know what God said. Now look, bottom line, three quick points and I'm finished. Number one, we need to get back to the Word. If you're not reading your Bible every day, you need to be. It's not that hard. It takes about three minutes to read one page of the Bible. 18 minutes, you've done six pages. You do that, you can read through the New Testament in less than two months. It's not that overwhelming. 
you can do it. Get back to the word. Number two, let the word do its work. Why do you think God gave us these words? There's a reason. Number three, personalize it. It is for you. It is for me. You know, they've asked preachers before, and this is from, you know, several denominations and big churches, small churches, whatever. And I'll ask the pastor, what percentage of your people do you believe are truly born again? And sometimes you'll get, a, you'll get an answer like, well, 50%. One pastor said 10%. When it comes to me looking at you all, well, I have my glasses off, but I see the fuzzies out there. I don't know. But let's stop and think about this. Suppose 80% of you are saved. Now, some would go, wow, you know, no, let's say 90%. Now, I'd love to say 100%, but please follow me on this. Because they're saying 50%, 40%, 60%, you know, I, I don't know what churches those are. But look around. Let's say 90%. Show me 10% where we can go, ah, yeah, well, you know, that's the way it goes. Look around you. Who would you see and go, yeah, you know, if, if that's your choice, if you want to go to hell, you know, there it is, you know, be warned and filled. How in the world can you think like that? This is why when we come together, that Bible is so important because it shows us the way of salvation. And then once we're born again, bought by the blood of the Lamb, it shows us the way of maturity, because that's indeed what we need. Amen? Brother Mike Kelly has talked about uh, the need for discipling. He's right. He's right. We need to be making sure each other, we know God's word. How can we get lazy at this time when everything is going on around us like we see it? Let's get serious with God's word. If you've never read it through, start it now. Start with the New Testament. You can do it. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm not sure. You know, everybody's got, a, everybody's got a smartphone now. There are apps out there like crazy. I use it myself on marking out how much I'm going to read the Bible each day and where I'm going to read. But do it. Do it. Why? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 